Hey, 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 it's your girl Charletta Tucker. And your girl Katyron Coleman. And welcome to the fifth episode of Talk, talk A Lot Tuesdays, where we talk about real life, real situations, and, and real change. Okay, you guys, today we have a great episode for you. Today we have Mayor Nancy Young. Hey, hey. welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> We're so excited to have her here today. And she is the mayor of Tracy, California. Yes, yes. Make sure we know that part. Right. (laughs) So we're excited to have her here today. And uh, Mayor Nancy, if you could just please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We'd appreciate that. All right. Well, Nancy Young, been the mayor since November 2020. I've been on the council for nine years now. So I was elected council member back in 2012. I am, see, the thing is so much about me. I don't know what you want to really know about about Nancy. About Nancy Young, I am with my husband, James Young, since 89, actually. And we have eight kids together. I inherited four, and I birthed four. Mm -hmm. And so the four that I birthed are ages 21 and 29. And from all together, there's seven grandkids. Um, From the bloodline of the children that I birthed, I have one that is age four, little Benjamin, called Little B. And so, um, I, I don't know, there's, there's a lot that goes into me. Ministry is my background. Okay. And so I've, I've been saved since I was nine years old. And so I preached my first message at another church when I was 11 years old. And so I've just, um, everything that I do stems from ministry. Okay. Um, so my undergrad degree is in mass communications. I wanted to be an anchor woman originally, but you know, get to talk and preach and teach and talk, talk Mm -hmm. about stuff all the time. So get and write, I write books. So I'm Mm -hmm. a published author. And then my master's is in business and my doctorate is in theology. Oh, and right. so, um, Educated. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. We love that. All right. Let's get into it. Well, thank you for that intro. That definitely uh, gave a lot yes. of insight. And some stuff I really didn't, didn't know. Even, I didn't know that part. <laughs> and then you say your kids are what age? The ones you birthed? 21. Liddy will be 25 in a couple of months. And then, tw- okay. You Nathaniel have is 21. Uh-huh. Lydia is 24, but she'll be 25 in two months. And then Michael is 26 and Benjamin is 29. Oh, wow. Nice. Like back to back to back. <laughs> he was pregnant. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. Eight years from start to finish. The right. Two in between. I was in grad school during that whole time and working full time. It's crazy. Oh, good for wow. you. Wow. See, look at you. See, the sky is the limit. Yeah, exactly. No excuses. No I'll let excuses. you know. Ain't no excuses. All right. So I did read that you've been um, helping in your community since you were a youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what compelled you at such a young age to start getting involved in your community? What did you see that made you feel like you needed it to come in and uh, contribute to it in some type of way? So for my youth, you know, I hadn't really thought about it all the way going back to there. People usually ask me how I get involved with politics and everything. But my pastor was a lady, um, mm-hmm. Pastor Pearlie Peterson in Los Angeles. And it wasn't a lot of lady pastors back in the 70s, at least mm-hmm. that were, you know, out there. And the name of our church was Worldwide Mission. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. she felt like the whole world was the whole mission field for her. And so even when we moved our church from Vermont, um, South Central LA is where my church was. I grew up in Compton. And so our church um, was a big building and had a lot of rooms and she always had people who needed help to live there. Mm. And so we would go out and we would take food through the neighborhood and we would knock door to door and and just see what the different needs were. And so just from there was just a service. We were just taught to be servants and Mm -hmm. seeing where people needed help. And so my grandfather owned a nursing home and I went and I volunteered at the nursing home. And 
and help fix food, help serve food, help just talk and play games with the seniors there. And so, you know, it just provided me different opportunities to be involved. And so that went on to elementary school and it, it ties in with political things in that I've always felt like I needed to be at the table to have a say of what happened in my life. Mm. And so, you know, how would I know what needs to happen around me unless I get to know people and what their needs or their concerns are. Right. So. right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That's, that was right. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. So, well, I guess you kind of answered that. That's what made you get into politics. And how long have you actually been in politics altogether? So, you know, it started from, I think I was... I was safety in the second grade, so (laughs) then it went on to, you know, running for like secretary or or vice president or president. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, I was the president of the school. And so, um, but I also was editor of the the yearbook and I, I was the president of Black Student Union. Mm -hmm. I I ran track. I was the statistician for the football team, varsity football, I traveled with them and I was manager for the gymnastics team. And so I just always liked being involved in different things and helping from the background, behind the scenes, planning things, making sure that things went together smoothly. And by the time I graduated high school, I wanted to be president of the United States. And then, so when I went on to college, I came from Southern California to Northern because I went to UC Berkeley. And so at the time, um, my advisor from high school, my government advisor, that got me to run into higher levels because I was just like at the class level, like I was 10th grade secretary. He was like, you need to be president of our school. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good right here. <laughs> he was like, no, I think you need to do more. And right. I'm like, I'm too young. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a 10th grader and, and high school is 10th through 12. where you have to get voted in. They don't usually You do have to be voted. But, but he was telling you, you need to run. He told me I need to run. He right said, you there. need to run. I'm like, don't I have to be a junior to run for president? Wow. He said, no, you can be a sophomore. Nice. He said, and I think that you need to do that. Now, the interesting thing is how I met him is he was a substitute in the class from my yearbook class. And as soon as I walked in from lunchtime, fifth period, it was... It was yearbook. And so I'm getting ready to get to work. We're doing design. We're getting stuff ready for the yearbook. And he called me. He said, I need to see Nancy Lipscomb, which is my maiden name. And so I walked up to the desk. I'm like, I know I didn't get in trouble. Right, right. <laughs> right. You know, what I need to see right. Nancy Lipscomb for? Right. I'm, like, I'm she. <laughs> and so he's like, um, I need to talk to you because I need you to run for president. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I didn't even know me. Like, I just walked in this class, right? right. But somebody obviously had talked to him about me. And so um, because he just had so much confidence in me, I ran for vice president. So I didn't run for president that year because I had a friend who was going to run for president. And I didn't want to run against my good friend. Then he didn't even run. But anyway, so I ran, <laughs> so I ran for vice president. And that was the largest um, group of people running. Everybody wanted to be vice president that year. I was the youngest. And so I remember we had like a, a day where we can talk about our what we wanted to do and why we wanted to be vice president. People had cupcakes. They had balloons. I worked at McDonald's, but they wasn't getting all my money. They got a little piece of paper with a little stick in. Right. Where does it say Right. And so, I mean, I was like, you know, I ain't getting my little bit of money I got. But it was it was funny because, um, you know, some of the people who were running and I thought had really good chances, they were trying to get me to drop out the race. And like, you know, you're just diluting the, you know, the whole field and, you know, you're not going to win anyways. I'm like, well, if I'm not going to win, then you shouldn't be worried about me. Right. right now. You know, whatever. Right. And so, um, but I won that year. And so yeah. the next year I was uncontested when I ran for, 
when I ran for president, but when you when I got to um, college at the time, you can be 18 now to run for any office. Mm -hmm. But at the time, like Congress and those larger offices, you had to be 25. Okay. And so I'm like seven years. Oh my <laughs> God, that's a long time. <laughs> and so on my council, my advisor, Mr. Cockrell, he was like, well, you know what? You can actually work on somebody else's campaign, work on somebody else's team mm -hmm. for like seven years. People get to know you, and then you run like that. Yeah. Couple of years, maybe seven years, too much. Yeah. And so I thought about it briefly when I was 25. But by the time I was 25, I was in grad school. I was getting my master's degree. I was pregnant with my second child, and we started the church ministry the month after I turned 26. Was busy. And so I was like, I have no time to be running right. for anything. Right. But 2008, we moved to Tracy. 2006. 2008, when Obama was running for president, I remember watching it on TV and he was talking about, you know what, wherever you are, you can be the difference where you are. Find what needs to be done in your own communities. Mm -hmm. And that I felt like was a call to mm -hmm. me. Just right. to like, okay. to you. you know, right. I think it's time to do something. Right. My youngest son was eight at the time and he was in school. And I, you know, I felt like, you know, I didn't need to be as hands-on, even though I'm always been a hands-on mom. Um, but, you know, I felt like I had a little bit more time in my personal schedule to be able to do something. So mm -hmm. I started attending the council meetings um, just to see what was going on in Tracy. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I sent the audience for four years. I was a fixture there taking notes, paying attention to what's going on. And mm -hmm. then I ran, I did run two years into it in 2010, but I didn't make it. And so, but I continued to run. Right. And then in 2012, I was elected, so. That's nice. kind of like full circle of how got involved. That's wonderful. Okay, so since you now are mayor, how does it feel to be the first black woman mayor in Tracy, California? Well, it's, I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, when you run in, it's like, okay, I just got to win. I just mm -hmm. got to run and got to do things. And so, and I always feel like it's much easier for all those many people running who wasn't in any kind of position because mm -hmm. they didn't have the work to do. Mm -hmm. All they could do is say whatever people wanted to hear mm -hmm. or whatever they thought people wanted to hear. But being on council for eight years, I knew the reality of a lot of things and a lot of things that we've tried or a lot of things that we're working progress towards. And so to run, it's, it was... First of all, it was a battle when I ran for city council. Only one black person had ever been on the council before me, and that's Evelyn Tolbert, and she became my mentor. And so um, to become the second black female, the second black person on council anyways, mm -hmm. I felt was a big thing because when I first started walking neighborhoods, and I used to live not far from here, and I was walking all around in these neighborhoods, and I've met some people, and they were like, you know, um, it's impossible for you to win. Why would you even run? Because we already have like our one token black person that's going to be it mm. <laughs> like, really Whoa. and so and then i met some black people who were like my husband tried or you know my so-and-so tried right. and, and they will never accept that in this previous right. ku klux klan town right oh, wow. and i was like well you know i mean god feel like god is leading me right to do this right. so i'm gonna run and so and i tell anybody who wants to run for position well what do you think about this I'm like you have to be made up in your own mind of what you want to do and why you want to do it, not because somebody tells you. Now, some people can see potential in you, as Mr. Cockrell did in me. Mm -hmm. And so, but other than that, some people, they get out there because somebody else told them that they should right. instead of doing it from their heart. Because if it's not from your heart, then you're not going to make it. These people yeah. are just ravenous wolves out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, they are right. no joke. It's nobody to play with. Right. And I've seen, even right in the parade yesterday, you know, I could see some people, I now have to tell you, like 90% of the people were just like, Mayor, yeah, mm -hmm, you're doing mm -hmm. a good job, thumbs up. 
And then you have others that just like, they looking all around. I tell right. you, photographers in town, they have their, their, um, their big cameras down on their side and right. act like they don't see me coming and I'm leading the parade. Right. And so I'm just like, okay, this is going to be an excuse why I'm not in the paper. Okay, <laughs> so um, the thing is, after I was elected, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big accomplishment. And then I know different people are looking at me, but at the same time, I've been a mentor for many years and I know kids are always looking at me. Other people are always looking right. at me. Anyways, women are looking to mm -hmm. see, you know, what am I going to do? What is my, what right. is my next move? And so it's a responsibility that I've always held that I need to try to do my best and be my best. Cause I know somebody is always looking at me anyways. And so, mm -hmm. and that's what I teach even young people. Even if you have little siblings, somebody's looking up to you. Somebody's going to try to emulate what you mm -hmm. do. And so being a child of God, as I was teaching my young people today, being unique, but having your identity in Christ. It's not you trying to be like your mom or like your sibling mm -hmm. or like a friend or like anybody else. Right. You represent the kingdom of God. And so when I go out, you know, I mean, even as a kid, you know, do you remember your mom used to say, don't embarrass me. Right. You, know, right. Like, you don't want nobody to come and tell you that your, that your child did right. something. It's like, oh my goodness. Right. And so, right. you know, so I don't want to embarrass God because yeah. that's my ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. And so I've always looked at it like that. But um, the mayor, I have to say, the conversations that I have, the, the emails that I get, the calls that I get are exponentially greater and different than I was a council, when I was a council mm -hmm. member, which is quite interesting mm -hmm. because as a council member, you have a lot of authority just like the mayor to be able to get things done within the city, um, if not just with the word. Because I, I found out from a council member going to, I was mayor pro tem the last two years before I was elected as the mayor, and becoming the mayor, all of a sudden, it's like, wait, the mayor says something. It's like, real? <laughs> For real? But you've been talking. Right. Y'all didn't hear me back right, then. Right, and right. So, but now I said it as a mayor, well, let me do something about that. Now right. it's like, what the world? Right. So, I, so the responsibility I feel is that we only have two two-year terms possible for mayor in our city right now. Hopefully, they'll change that to later to four years, mm -hmm. but I'm sure it won't be in my time. But... It's, it led me to feel that I need to try to get as much good done as I can while my voice mm -hmm. makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've always said your voice matters because I believe that everybody's voice should matter. It doesn't matter how young or old because I had great ideas when I was a young person. Mm -hmm. right. And so, but I needed direction. So some people, you know, they're young and they have great ideas, but we can't be afraid as their elders. Gosh, I felt elder, elderly now. <laughs> <laughs> But I am 52 now, and back in the day, the mothers were in their 50s yeah, already. Right, and so, right. I mean, I thought they were ancient, about to about to die any minute. But right. you know, right. now I'm feeling a little young. Right. right. You realize 50 is not, not as old. old. It's not yeah. old at all. Yeah. Right. It's but, like your prime. Yeah. But you have to be bold enough to to take that elder spot still to, to guide young people. You have great ideas. Wonderful. But this is how we're going to guide them so that they can be successful. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's some of the things that's happened with some young people now, mm -hmm. too. They feel like, I got it. I know it. Uh, I know the whole thing. Uh, now. Right. And they don't want to listen to nobody. You right. know, young mothers, they don't want to listen to people raise kids already. Google <laughs> knows more. <laughs> right. YouTube. I'm like, maybe I need to write a book YouTube on being a mom. Then right. y'all can take my little quotes and use that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you, because you run for um, mayor twice, right? In the first time you Correct. did. Correct. I did run for mayor twice, just like I ran for council. Didn't right. Run the first time. In 2018, I really didn't want to run. It was my two years off of running. But there was a lot going on in our city. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that our then current mayor mm -hmm. and 
his crew was doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel that you can't, I, I've always felt personally that I couldn't complain about something if I wasn't willing to do something about it. Right. And so I felt like I needed to speak up and step up and to go against him. And though mm-hmm. many people were afraid of him and I had many people tell me that they can't, they can vote for me quietly, but they couldn't like support me openly mm. because they yeah. felt like not only their jobs, but their personal lives would be ruined um, from the influence that yeah. the, the leadership had. Right. And so, but I ran because something needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't win that year, but I was still on the council. Right. right? And so I knew I was going to still be there. And right. from that point, I became the mayor pro tem. And then now that same mayor is now our supervisor. So there, I mean, I don't think everybody disagreed with everybody on anything. So there are things that we do agree on. In that last two years, um, we were able, at least the last year or so, we were able to focus. He and I both agree to opening back things up, mm. not letting our businesses fail. So there was a number of things that we did have in common. And so for that, I focus on the positive things. Right. But, you know, of course, he turned out as mayor. And so um, I knew this was my time to run. And so there has been two other female mayors in the 80s. But oh. this back in the 1980s, they they rotated. So you were only you can only run for council member and a lot of cities still rotate. And so I was just at a conference um, last this week, actually, in uh, Monterey for the Cal Cities. It used to be League of California Cities. Mm-hmm. And that's what the name of it used to be. But now they rebranded as Cal Cities. But it's a state organization that that rallies and lobbies on behalf of cities so that we continue to have local control when it comes to policies and ordinance and, and different things. And so um, I was just voted in on the board. And oh, so I was nice. at the board orientation um, this this past mm-hmm. week and there at that um meeting you know different ones introduced themselves and so mm-hmm. one guy said in seven days i'll be the mayor of whatever mm-hmm. town he was from and so somebody else was like well i served mayor a couple of times but you know i'm rotating back into as a council member and so when it came to me i'm like i was elected right. as mayor here i'm not right. wasn't right. rotated right. wasn't based on right. you know whatever but right. the people had to actually vote for me so i am the first female that was actually elected directly into this position and then of course i'm the first black person ever because because my mentor was never um she was sadly never promoted to mayor pro tem Mm -hmm. and she ran for mayor one time in 2008 Mm -hmm. she ran for mayor she said but it was more important for her to be on the same ballot as um as our then as our past president obama and so for her it was it was very symbolic Mm -hmm. and then and for me 2012 when he was reelected, i was on that that same ballot Mm -hmm. and won that year so for her and then for me to transfer right able to you know be parts of first right well i want to um commend you for running again even though you did not get elected the first time it also shows people to not give up you know like Mm -hmm. you said when you know yourself when you know your purpose Mm -hmm. you know it definitely helps you to stay driven. So I would like to commend you on that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Thanks. Definitely. And last year was really hard. I bet. 2020. And it was um, during COVID. It was during COVID where many things were locked up and shut down and couldn't have my usual events um, that we would normally have. I mean, I did my kickoff here (laughs) in this place. Mm -hmm. And we did, um, you know, I just really leaned on God for direction for mm-hmm. strategies mm-hmm. and how to how to run my campaign at, at such a close time. And so I was the first one to have a virtual gospel concert. That's before any um all, you know, any known person, right. any professional singers right. decided right. to do virtual things. Wow. I was the very first one to do that. Oh, so wow. I like to think that 
They looked at me. Oh, right. Put on me and tell me. Yeah. He gave him a spark. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, so a question would be, um, what are your thoughts on supporting small business, especially, you know, and Tracy, like supporting the small businesses and why is it important? So, like I said, the one thing that, um, our former mayor and I had in common was really, um, for helping the businesses to get back on track before they went bankrupt or just mm-hmm. wasn't able to make it. And so, and while some still struggle, you know, many were able to make it through that. At least our small businesses um, were able to make it through. Some larger businesses, you know, just their business decision to pull out um, of different regions. Mm -hmm. And so I just learned of a new store closing yesterday. I'm like, what? I didn't, somebody asked me, well, why did that happen? I said, well, I'm sorry, but this is new news. I think CVS, CVS just closed, right, too. I know Rite Aid just did. Oh, Rite Aid. I know that's not small business, but still. Yeah, but even when Red Robin left, you know, just different ones left. It's like, it's it's heartbreaking. I mean, we knew JCPenney's was moving, so Sears, and that was non-COVID related. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of COVID, a lot of things have shifted where a lot of people don't do in-person. And some things I find are really generational. Mm-hmm. So like my generation, I, mean, I like to go and feel, touch things. I hate right. having to send stuff back. Right. I'm just like, right. you know, I have to order all these different sizes. Right. Like, I like to be able to see in the store if it talks to me. Right. If you don't talk to me, I'll be right back. <laughs> right. You know, so I'll be like, I'm for you, I'm for you. So, but, but, you know, small businesses still is really the lifeline within individual communities because it's really great to have larger companies to come in, but it's those mom and pops, it's those smaller things that, that can become really great. Um, the, the way that things are done now is completely different in the last year. I think a lot of companies and a lot of people have been rethinking of how do we, how do we do business? How do Mm -hmm. we do life Mm -hmm. um, now from this point? And so it's important that we have those, you know, the support system for that. What we did in our city, though, we know Measure V is a whole nother thing for those who are not familiar with Measure V. It's a half cent sales tax that I championed back in 2016. And I put that forward um, for our voters because we still need amenities within our community. Mm -hmm. And so but we had no money to pay for it. So what do we do with that? So. I looked in different kind of ways. I asked so many different questions over the years. And so finally it was like, okay, well, you have to put out a ballot. So mm-hmm. we did, you know, an initiative. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And in 2016, it passed. It's a 20 year half cent sales tax to, to, to garner um, funds to be able to, my first priority, why I went after this was for a gymnasium because we did not have that within the community. Mm-hmm. I was looking at what things was lacking. I'm like, we have fields and while it's very competitive for soccer or football, whatever mm-hmm. it is that, you know, the fields are utilized for. At the same time, I'm like, okay, we're working on having an aquatic center come here. That's a whole nother hold up and, con- and conundrum. <laughs> but we still had no gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, my kids play basketball, Definitely. you know, and my next door neighbors, they play volleyball. And so, you know, for indoor and we didn't have anything that could be. 24 seven, that could be, you know, midnight basketball things right. because the parks close after dark, supposed mm. to, things right. are different right now. Right. Um, but that was my main goal was to start having amenities that, you know, can amenize our community, but we needed money for that. And so last year, whenever anything is proposed to take any of that money for anything else, 
my antennas go up. I'm like, wait, hold up. You know, we need to build. But, you know, I pushed the seniors to ask for more money to expand their center. So that did get done. Nice. And I'm happy about that. But what I did um, happily embrace was taking money from that money to, from that pot to help our small businesses. So there was initially, I think a $5,000 forgivable loan grant or whatever that came from the government, but it had a lot of restrictions mm-hmm. on it. And so what we did was we offered another 5,000 after that closed out to businesses. And the priority was for those who didn't qualify for the other, and we lowered the bar so that a lot more can come in and mm-hmm. take that money um, to be able to help them. Mm-hmm. Now I did talk to some businesses that it helped a lot. And I talked to a, you know a couple other businesses that were like 40,000 in debt. So right. they were like, just give that 5,000 to somebody because right. right. it's not going to help me. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm barely hanging on it. Right. So they didn't want it to go into a gaping hole for them. So there's a number of things. There's um, some other programs that are out there um, that different ones have been trying to talk to me about because I've looked at some other small business things and there's some the other funding and things out there. And there's some that are really focused on that. Mm-hmm. Some is trying to get the city and the chamber to do things towards small businesses that mm-hmm. for whatever reason has not been their focus um, as to a large extent. And so I'm trying to really get the players together. Mm-hmm. So I'm on one of the boards I'm on is the Semi King Partnership. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, trying to help the different cities or entities within the San Joaquin County to really work together and build off of each other and help find opportunities. And even Delta College or, um, what is the other, junior, junior college, I can't think of, UOP, mm-hmm. different ones are, you know, connected so that we can get that, that workforce are those different programs that can kind of help. I'm looking at right now, bringing a vote institute here. This is something that I just learned about the last couple of months. They started, they had, have one, I think, in Modesto for Stanislaus County. Mm-hmm. And so this institute is really to help build up, you know, we have a lot of manufacturing and industrial, and they're really the mm-hmm. core of what we have uh-huh. here. And mm-hmm. many of those jobs, people don't know, all those management jobs are six figures. Yeah. And so they make good money. And a lot of the local um, management, a lot of the management is local. Mm-hmm. And so what the Vote Institute does is it actually helps educate people they can come from high school or they can just be anybody within the community they can come and get the certifications that they need or if they work at the warehouses different places they can get different certifications to move up the ladder so i want to give people a plan for growth so that they're not the ones stuck unless they just love i mean they don't necessarily be stuck Mm -hmm. they just like you know a certain level but for those who want to grow i want to give them very visible opportunities to grow and so i'm just looking for things to um, to do that, to build up the people, to build up the small businesses as well, where I know WorkFind 209, I've talked to them many times, different times, we're just trying to get things that's connected where we have a, a place, a source where people can go and right. get the tools that they need. And so I don't know if you're familiar with anyone from WorkFind 209. No, no. And so the Hawkins, um, Eric and Linda Hawkins. And so they had incubators and all kinds of things there to help small businesses. And so you, they had cubicles where you can go in and you can rent a cubicle or you can rent a regular desk oh. or, and they have like play area, you know, for the for kids people. to be able to come. And so, um, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like foosball stuff for like yeah. adults, okay. to, you know, like, or like reclined chairs, mm-hmm. different things. People work in different atmospheres. So they tried to create different scenarios for people. It's like a resource out of their, center, basically kind of. 
it's resources uh-huh. and I mean, but it's a place where you can go and work out of too. So okay. I know they're revamping a number of things because things happened over the last mm-hmm. year or so, but really trying to help them be that a focal point where small businesses can go and begin to get the resources. It's hard because, you know, in this position, I meet so many different people in different capacities. Like I, I meet different people about homelessness, you know, whether you're offering this or you're offering food here, or you're offering food there or supplies here or there. And then going out with a team from our city to El Pescadero Park, which is where we've tried to get voluntary compliance to kind of go into one area. And I know it's an undue burden on those who live around in that yes. area, but we're trying to free up the rest of the city. Else it's just a free for all everywhere. Right. And so, and plus it was chosen because of the resources that's right there, Tracy Interfaith. Yeah. And, and so different what we put porta potties out there, cleaning stations, the um, showers come out there. And so you have people that volunteer with that. The city was subsidizing yeah. showers um, when the yeah. organization didn't have it mm-hmm. to run it. But part of the challenge, even talking to them out there, is that, okay, look, people bring us... First of all, they were complaining about people bringing them half-eaten stuff. They feel mm, like we want... That's not like, yeah, that's, we just going to take anything. Yeah, she actually and, bought turkey dinners for Thanksgiving one time. We did yeah, turkey we, dinners there before. We brought blankets there, clothes there. We've done yeah, a couple things there ourselves yeah. too. So that's the thing, knowing what they what they need. Right. I, I know I talked to a group of young people who were, they had done canned food drives, had done different stuff for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. Um, those in that area, right. El Pascadero Park. And I said, but the one important thing, I guess with any relationship, whether it's a giving to somebody else or with each other, mm-hmm. um, knowing what the love language or the need really is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they said, yeah, we learn. That they don't have can openers. And so, you know, or maybe wow. get stuff that has like a flip top right. up, you know, something right. um, that they can utilize. But one of the other things they complained about, besides half eaten food, um, was, you know, somebody may come one day and bring them like Chinese food. Mm. And then an hour later, somebody come and deliver a whole bunch of pizzas. And then somebody else come later and deliver some other food. It's and like, okay, no nothing's other coordinated. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just like, okay, we need some coordination right. for all these entities. Because people have, you know, out the goodness of their heart, they want to help. Yeah. Right? But you don't want to waste either. Right. So, you know, you need to know what they need, whether it's socks, you know. Maybe right. somebody just had a big sock drive. But a lot of times, you know, they're not washing. Some people will wash their stuff and keep the things that they like. But right. other times it's a one-time use when it's worn out. Like I will wear out a purse, then it's like you got to retire it. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. So you know, um, and the thing is, so people donating shampoos and big gigantic things. It's like look, they, can't, they, they don't have nowhere to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was telling a group the other day. Well, like I was told before, why don't we just get the kind that came from like the hotel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and so sauce. when I was just traveling this week and last week, you know, I took. All my little extra things, I take my big bath and body works with me. Mm-hmm. So I just take the little ones that's in my thing and I save it. So then I give it. So those right, who give it out right. because those are like right. one, two time uses. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very so. important over there at, at the park over there is to when I did drop off stuff is like to ask them, you know, do you want this? Because I don't want to just sit it down and then they don't need it. You know, yeah, so right. I tried to we tried to go, you know, 10 to 10 to make sure like, did you want it? You know, yeah. So that we didn't. It wasn't getting wasted or... Right. So I was trying to get TCCC, which is Tracy Community Connection Center, to coordinate that effort because they're they're growing to be the largest organization within Tracy that really deals with homelessness. And so if they can become that resource where people know, okay... It's coordinated for food feeding days where people can go Mm. or, you know, not just for those who are actually like in the park, but those who may be on the verge of... Mm you know, homelessness are those who have to choose. Do I eat or do I pay this bill and have a roof over my head? 
you know it's a right. it's a it's a wider resource that many mm-hmm. people don't know about but it's a lot of i mean a lot of different small entities whether they're for-profit business or non-profit businesses right. you know it's um it's a coordinated effort but right. it's important that we have these links together and resources to mm-hmm. understand what our resources are because people out there who's making money and they know how to tap into the money when i'm sitting at the one meeting with the San Joaquin Partnerships, you know, this one lady, she came on, she gave her presentation about this new company and she just started. So there's a need, you know, post um, 2020, post COVID. Right. And, you know, it's like million dollars, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, they have right. like they big money to do big things, but a lot of people don't know how to tap into those big things. So we're down here and the small businesses are doing a lot of things when yeah. we need to be reaching up higher. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so, well, the good thing is you actually answered some questions about the jobs and the um, homelessness. So this question will be more, um, what have you done since being in the office? And, like, what is your plans for the future when it comes to, like, the safety and the affordable housing situation that we have going on and the crime? Because what I've noticed, it seems like the housing is going up especially apartments it seems a little expensive unreasonable for the valley area they're kind of considering the bay now so i'm just wondering yeah we're wondering what is your plans for that to help with that because that also seems why maybe there might be more homelessness now coming to our community because it's not balancing out for us minimum wage in the price of living here in this area yeah so I mean, it's a lot of things wrapped up in the things that you said, and I, I got to come back to safety um, later. And then you asked what I've done, and since I've been in office, well, that's yeah, a whole, well, that was like three different. Things. No, no, yeah. no, no. I just meant as far as the safety and are we like, those, those two oh, issues? Just those two issues. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so we'll start though with affordable housing. Yes. So when I came on council, that was one of my things too that I wanted to um, bring awareness to was the lack of affordability, and it took it took about two two, three, four years to actually get it to be one of our strategic priorities. And so I fought for that. And so it's been a strategic priority for the city of Tracy probably since 2016. Mm-hmm. So since like four years when I got reelected as council member. So it's actually on one of our strategic plan outlines, mm-hmm. affordable housing. But that conversation has taken on so many different forms. So mm-hmm. first of all, it's like, okay, what's affordable? You have an affordable standard that's by the county. But at the same time, you know, whatever percent, I can't even think what it is offhand, whether it's 40% of whatever the median. And then the thing is, okay, well, what median income are you going by? Right. Because Tracy, we have a very high median. Um, It's like 80 something thousand dollars a year that like yeah. individuals make. I'm just like, okay, you got a big pen. You got a big curve here because you got people making a whole lot of money got a lot of people not making a lot of money and so when it averaged out it averages out pretty high but is that based um, off people working in the bay not necessarily working working out here and so and it could be that's the thing so that's a that's one of the challenges that we have as far as where do you get the statistics from? How is that drawn? Are we looking at the countywide? Because we're actually higher than a county standard right? and so we're like the entry into the valley um, Central Valley as well as the entryway going back into the Bay Area. Right. And so many people, as I myself, moved from the Bay Area. I moved from Fremont to Tracy because I can afford to right. buy a house. And I was having this very intimate conversation yesterday with a friend of mine and about why I moved from Fremont to Tracy for affordability. 
but that price is getting so blown out of proportion. And so as we started to deal with affordable housing and we were looking at standards of, okay, let's just take teachers. Let's look at the school district. Let's look at what their salaries are. Mm -hmm. If you were a teacher here in Tracy, could you afford to buy a house? And so that's what we started to look at and try to see how can we bring things to bridge those gaps between what things were going for to what people could actually afford. Mm-hmm. And so um, even at that time, they were looking at houses that trying to get them down to 299000 I remember that saying, we got to get it under 300000 like, wouldn't that be wonderful right now? Right. But anyway, so right. it's like, so we're working on this, but then 2020 hit. Right. Right. It's, it's out of control. And it's not just for Tracy, right. but because I'm a part of, like I said, the League of California Cities, now called Cal Cities. But I've been on calls with mayors across the country. It has just been a problem everywhere, especially for the more, we're, we're a semi-rural town. I mean, we've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for the in valleys, the mountainous areas, the different areas that people may have had, like a vacation home or something like that, or they go every once in a while, but people mm-hmm. don't live there. 2020 changed everything because now many people can permanently work from home. Because if their company decided to move to Texas and they're working from home, they're going to still be working from home. Right, right. And so many people who lived in the Bay Area and other areas that struggled, some struggled um, paying higher rates. They came here so that they can pay lower. Right. You know, for, and then others weren't struggling at all. They still right. had a lot of money. And right. so, wow, wow, we can just take advantage of these things right. now. And so we buy houses and... Just like I saw it happen in Fremont, where we were, my husband and I would go look at houses. I remember when a house got to 400000 and we thought, oh my God, this is ridiculous right. in Fremont. Uh-huh. And then within like five years, they were like a million dollars for the same, same little house. Mm-hmm. I figured for a million dollars, somebody needs to be ringing a doorbell. Mrs. Young, we right. have so-and-so at the gate, right, right, not right. just strolling up to my door. Right. <laughs> right. right. Know, just security. an ordinary little house. Right. right. And so... Um, Everything last year has just shifted things so far out of reach. Mm-hmm. And so, but one of the things that I know that we've been talking about, and even at Cal Cities, when we were putting together um, plans for this next year and what all the cities are going to focus on, I brought up affordable housing. I'm like, look, we need to deal with affordable yeah. housing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that actually made it to one of the top three priorities okay. um, that the whole state we're looking at ways that we can um, accomplish that because a lot of money really has to come from the government Mm -hmm. to be able to close the gaps because the developers, they have their profit they need to make. Steel, wood, everything has gone up super high. So it's um it's it's making those price points really bad for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, the conversation I was having with a friend yesterday was really just about those that are driving prices up Mm -hmm. because there are those who are coming in and offering a lot more money beyond what the asking price is mm. and not only for houses right. to buy but mm. for rents mm-hmm. right and so they've driven the rental rates up mm-hmm. as well we saw this early last year um mid last year and things just starting to just get out of hand mm-hmm. and so it's, it's very frustrating so it's raised our rents it raised our um 
uh, our house prices and I kid all the time, but I'd be serious. It's a heart attack when I said by the time our shelters open and for homelessness in April, I'm going to have to be reserving my little corner lot. <laughs> okay, this, this is my corner cot right here. <laughs> right. And so because I'm like, I can't afford to buy a house and I have to live here. Right. I'm um, being in right. office here. So right. I don't have an option to look somewhere else. And when I sold my house in 2018, I thought that, you know, a couple years I regroup, I buy another house, start looking at houses last year, and I was like, I can't do a thing. Right. I can't, I can't. And so, and, I, and while I would love to even move to a larger home right now, um, because my family just be expanding, different people coming back home, or even when people come to visit. Right. But I just can't. I can't, I can't afford to rent anything. I can't afford to buy anything. Right. So it's something that we feel personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some council members have more money than others, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. different ones were in different positions before we got on council. Right. When you get there, you're not making no money. On the right. Council. That, right. That's a, yeah. that's the labor of love. Um, right. But you know, so it's, it's a challenge, but it's something that we're definitely looking at. And so we're looking to see ways that we can bridge gaps. Some people, some cities are using funding, federal funding to, to bridge the gap between what people can pay versus what the developers will sell it for. So um, it's, it's a challenge that we're, that we're facing. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just the ball has moved so fast right. in the opposite direction. So, but we've been, like I said, it's just, it's just strategic priority, not only for our city, but now at a state level to try to get some funding to help the cities. And then as far as safety goes, I'm not exactly sure what specifically, I mean, I've heard of some things lately, but I have to really go back to 2020 when a lot of things were closed. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things are very systemic from, it didn't just all of a sudden happen. Mm -hmm. In 2020, when things were shut down where you really literally couldn't go play in a park or you couldn't play basketball. I remember when we first opened up tennis courts and our basketball courts were still closed. And I fought for that. I'm like, this makes no sense. Yes, I said, because you're, you're, you're catering to a certain group of people. Yeah. I'm not saying that my people can't play. Right. Tennis, yes, you got Venus, golf. you got Serena, right. you got right. people inspiring Right. People. But the reality of it is a lot of the young kids, a lot of the young people that they like to play basketball. Yes. And just like, you yeah. know, going to the gym, exercising, things that, that give you something positive to do. That's mm-hmm. why I want to have the gymnasium. I really want little gymnasiums all over mm-hmm. the city, not just one big one. But the reality of it is these young people not having anything to do. Mm-hmm. I warned early last year, if right. you don't open up things, if you don't give these some people something mm-hmm. to do and you want to make excuses, I mean, none of the homeless population, we're not going to get into the COVID thing, but not one of our homeless population came down with COVID and they are not washing and sanitizing and doing all these right. different right. things and they're not masking up. They right. So I'm just like, but you, we, our people can't go into the park and have right. some fresh air. Little kids, my grandson, I'm like, my grandson wants to get on the um, slide yes. and the swings. And they was like, you know, he can play in the grass. I said, my, I said, I have to hide my, cover up his, his eyes, eyes zoom, like, past, right. zoom past parks because right. we don't want to play in the grass. grass. Right. He want to get on, he want to get on the apparatus right. that you got to. <laughs> yellow tape around right like a caution like a murder scene (laughs) so i said if you don't open up things if you don't give people positive outlets if you're not allowing mentor programs to continue because everything's shut down i've run a mentor program at kimball high um since starting 12 years ago Mm -hmm. and i can't even go in the last year and a half Mm -hmm. um to do that not just myself but i had a whole team of Mm -hmm. people that go in to help prepare them for post high school if we're not having mentor programs or they're just on computers that are limited to people who have computers mm-hmm. and access and internet to a good internet to system. Cause I had to upgrade mine cause everybody kept getting knocked off. TV kept going off everything. Mm-hmm, cause everybody's so, on there. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't have a good system and you don't have what you need to do it, then you're going to have, 
idle minds. Right. And that's the devil's workshop. And so I'm like, if you don't start looking at these things now, which I was saying a year and a half ago, right. I'm like, you're going to have unintended consequences. You're going to have higher crime. Mm-hmm. You're going to have other things because people are looking for things to do. And if all they have time to do is on, on the computer, the y'all not all try to get scammed by people in Africa, people right. in India, people who right. got all kinds of stuff. They're making up stuff right. online. And so right. if they have nothing else to do, they could be making up stuff, scamming people. Right. And for some people, it's so easy. It's so fun for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have like, I just want to ask one brief more question. We have maybe like five more minutes, well, seven more minutes left. And so I know, like you say, you have a large family, you have eight kids, you have grandkids. How do you balance being a mayor and being a family woman? So I think with everything is kind of like a Jenga puzzle, you know, our chart just mixing Tetris or whatever it is that you just kind of like move things all around. I've always been a family person. Uh, my my baby sister just posted something online for my birthday saying this is my only sister that drive like 10 hours just to come and be here for a mm-hmm. day or so just right. for every little thing because family's always been important to me and when my husband and I decided to start a ministry 26 years ago we only had one child at the time and I was pregnant with my second um while we were planning my second was born right before we started but I told him we were going to always be family people I'm like we're not going to have service every day of the week mm-hmm. because kids need free time. Mm-hmm. I've said, and families need the ability to go on trips with their kids or to be at their place, to be at their games. And we were at everything. I was that mom. Right. mom was like, that's my baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's me. Right. And so I didn't miss games. I didn't miss plays. One of my sons had basketball games on Sunday one season. I was mad at his coach though. Yeah, so I'm like, church. look, you only got this window right, time. Leave right. me free. But no, no. Right. I would always have to, as soon as praise and worship was over, I had to jump in my car mm-hmm. and zoom to his game. And as soon as my husband finished praying for people, he would get there for the end of the game before yeah. it ended. But I'm like, I'm not missing my baby's game. Right. This right. is only one season of his life. I mean, church will still be here and I still love the Lord. Right. And so, um, but I had to show that example to other people so that you right. have to have the balance. It's the things that's, that's important to you. We had a family night on Tuesdays. I heard about family night when I was in college. I'm like, when mm-hmm. I get married, I'm going to have a family mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Tuesday's been our family night, which council has kind of jacked that up to stem. But even when I got on council, when we couldn't get out at a good time, tell my husband, go off with the kids. Still. Mm-hmm. Go do something with the kids. Right. Our, you know, we all we always had family time, family meals. When I was a little girl, my mom, my parents got divorced when I was four, when I was three, actually. And so we had a very different home in California than I had in Oklahoma with my dad. And so with with my mom and my stepdad and our sisters, we had busy lives. And mm-hmm. so it was always somebody's turn to cook. You know, we cook by months. And mm-hmm. when it was my month, I cook and I go off and I worked at McDonald's all through high school. But we didn't hardly ever sit down together mm-hmm. and eat dinner because right. everybody was just doing different things. We just grabbed the plate when we could and mm-hmm. sat there and ate. But in Oklahoma, when my father, we had to set the table every night. And we had to sit down together and we had to pray together and we eat together and let everybody get up and clear the table mm-hmm. and clean the dishes. And I'm like, this is what I want when I grow mm-hmm. up. Right. And so when I grew up, my kids, I used to have them set the table. Now we stopped doing that after right. all. We just had it all around. Then we pray right. and then we walk around, take our plate and fix mm-hmm. it. And then we sit at the table. Mm-hmm. And so because I've had nephews live with me, I've had godsons move in with me. We've had always like a large family. I had my godmother live with me until mm-hmm. she just passed last year. And so... It's, you know, it's family time was right. always important to me, you know, what's going on in your life. And so 
I think it's it's priceless yes, still now. Definitely. Well, yeah. we thank you so much yes. for taking the time out and coming on the show and just answering our questions. You were very clear. You were very, you know, straight to the point. You answered our questions greatly. Mm -hmm. um, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, social media or anything like that. I know the next election is coming up. So just, you know, give your contact information, whatever you would like to give. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I hate running, but you know, it's a necessary evil. <laughs> November, 2022 is the next election for, for me. A lot of things will still be virtual. So um, a lot of people will be able to start voting a month early before that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm technically having my kickoff start of everything, December the 19th, 2021 at the gathering place, five o'clock PM. We're having a free Christmas concert. And so there will be spoken word, praise dance. I'll be praise dancing as well oh, wow. um, and singing, you know, and so it's it's from five to seven thirty. People come out for that. It's mm -hmm. um, of course, we're always accepting donations, but it doesn't cost anything to come and be a part of that. We have a guest MC Mo Jones. He's a gospel comedian. And so he will be the MC that evening. Um, we have a couple of things. My, I'm on social media as Nancy Young, the number four, Tracy, and that's both both Instagram and Facebook. I also have a Nancy Young for Mayor um, Facebook page as okay. well. And then I have a website, which is nancyyoung4tracy.com, and that's F-O-R, so okay. the word. Right. All so, right. Thank you. Nice. We'll be getting in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will be back again with Talk A Lot Tuesdays. Bye. Bye.